This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 81, Expansion Wishlist, Part 2, Shard of the Wishlist. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Let's start with the little Hunter update, life Hunter life update. Hunter, what's I've, going on in your life? I moved into a new place. I'm living in a new spot, and it is empty in here. Yeah. And there is just there's stuff on the floor, <laughs> and I don't have a bed moved in yet. But I have all my computer stuff here. Isn't that right. lame? Well, that's because this was we were recording this today, and it was required that you move in this before anything else. I don't. I don't know. I just don't know why I did it that way. I could have left <laughs> it at the old place, and it would have been fine. What uh, I love is that I I know that you moved some stuff in today, but then you also you've already admitted to me that you played Katana Zero for a few hours today so there's stuff on your floor but the computer being set up so that you could play video games was the priority yeah so i just wanted to make sure that before before my bed actually gets here that this is my (laughs) private video game zone uh since i'm in between two places i now have the domicile that i live in and the domicile where i game in and that's my uh that's my current living situation matt you still live in the same boring place right yeah, I'm still in the same, but I want to buy. We're, we'll see. We'll see how things go. I'd like to get a new place, but I'm in this boring tan apartment with I'm, my animals that hate each other. I'm living in a way. See, I start when I first moved to Portland. I was living in this neighborhood called St. John's. That's not a good neighborhood. Nobody ever came <laughs> out to visit me way out there. And then I moved to a little bit better neighborhood, and now I'm living in my favorite neighborhood in Portland, Laurelhurst. Is the name of the That's neighborhood. Great. Come by, see me. We can walk in the park together. <laughs> and um, I'm just, I'm just on the wrong side of the Weddington Bridge. Yeah, <laughs> which is, uh, which is a reference for no one. <laughs> He's on the wrong side of the Weddington Bridge, uh, out towards the links. If you know, <laughs> if you well, shout out to, <laughs> shout out to all the people that listen to this show yeah, that we know Northwest by name, Arkansas, all that two, live yeah. in Arkansas. <laughs> And they don't even listen to every episode. No, so th- not. that was that was horrible. But we do have something fun for all for everyone else that listens to this yes. show. We mm. do have fu- something fun to announce. Um, I think uh, I'm gonna let Matt take it from here. All right. Well, yeah. We so next week's episode, we got stuff to talk about today. But real quickly, just kind of as a little as a precursor, a little a teaser trailer for next week's episode, we're going to talk to Knob Daddy, Block Knob, right? Yeah, yeah. Because we got to talk about the Gen Con tournament coming up. We got to yes. talk about what people need to know so that they can get their tickets for the Gen. Oh Con man, you know what? I just realized it's been a whole year since I yep. coined the term Knob, Knob Daddy. <laughs> since he became, <laughs> did you call him Knob Daddy in his first interview? Of course, that's where How it all came from. Is uh, uh, I referred so, to him as Knob Daddy. We're gonna have Knob Daddy on next week, but the list for events is already up. It went up uh, last Sunday, and uh, it is it's it's available for people to see. 
And one thing, if you dig hard enough, if you look around, you'll see there's another event that is related to Twilight Imperium, and it's mm-hmm. because we are going to do a live show. We're going to do a live show at Gen Con. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm very, very excited about Yeah, you're that. more the brains behind that operation of, like, what it's going to be. But Oh, uh, well, so I don't want to reveal what exactly no, we're going to be not, doing Because it might yet. change anyways. I don't know. We, we right. aren't 100% like solidified on what it's going to be. But what well, it will definitely be is a live episode of the show you're listening to right now, Space Cats, yes. Peace Turtles. Uh, please come and please be come. in the audience uh, and watch me and Matt and, and special guests uh, right. do an episode of this show. Uh, don't worry. It will be more on the... Well, actually, I don't know what secret code word I should say to get you all to show up. If I should say it's going to be really strategy heavy or if it's, it's going to be, be everything. more entertaining. It's be every- Bring yeah, your friends go. that you're going to Gen Con with that don't listen to the show because we're going to make sure there's something for them. But there's also going to be something for you. Don't worry. We're not going to leave you hanging. That's true. That's true. It's very... The whole family can come. Yeah. Bring yeah. Bring your bring the baby. Bring bring mommy. Bring daddy. Bring, bring everybody. Not the baby. <laughs> yeah. Bring the baby. Um <laughs> But yeah, so we're going to be doing a live episode, and uh, I we now have to figure out what exactly that's going to be. Um, right. I didn't for know it. for sure um, if we would get it, uh, but yeah. we got it. So please it's come. Booked. It's going to be Thursday of the convention at 3 p.m. So you can you can look for it, and then uh, I don't know what's it, what's it titled so people can search for it easily. Because what uh, you can do on the Gen Con website, you can set up a wish list mm-hmm. so that then when it's actually time to sign up for events, you've got everything saved, and all you have to click is like add, add, add. I want all those things. Um, so if you want to get ahead of the pack so you can actually get you know tickets to our live show, get tickets to the Gen Con tournament, you need to fill out your wish list. So Hunter, what is our event called? Uh, it's just called Space Cats Peace Turtles Live. So Perfect. look that up. Add it to your wish list, yes, uh, and please, we uh, we are. Uh, I would be lying if I uh, didn't admit that we are probably a bit nervous. Probably Matt more than more so than me. Uh, but but uh, it's going to be a very exciting experience to do this show in front of a live audience. Yeah. Um. And see... I just wanted to. I just want there to be an audience. That's all. That's what. That's all I'm nervous about. Is right. Just like, is for there to there's just a be lot of things there. to do at Gen Con, and I get it. People have things to do. I hope that we're on that list of things you want to do at Gen Con, and, and we really hope you'll come out to that show, because uh, it's, it, I'll tell you this much, it will be fun. It's going to be weird and fun. It's, de- and it's it will wait. definitely be weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, but today we have an episode proper. We have a, we have our own thing to do now, though. Right, yeah, much, much the way that you guys will be adding our live show to your Gen Con wish list, we are going to continue our wish list mm. for an expansion. Yeah, did you like that? Uh, that was a beautiful transition, Hunter. <laughs> wish list, because you said wish list, yeah, in like uh-huh. a context and having the to same talk about word that is in the episode. Title. Right, you're right. So I just did you see that? <clears throat> Hashtag nailed it. Uh, let's let's start with uh, Hunter right off the bat. Let's start with some errata. Do you want to do that? Do oh yeah. So so we asked last week for lots of for you guys to blow up our box with errata and your thoughts on what a Twilight Imperium 4 expansion might look like. Uh, obviously, this is probably a good time to say that if you haven't listened to part one, you probably should. There's a lot of really good stuff yeah. in there. And I think- And we're gonna uh, reference this, things that This is very much that. a part two. Um, so our first uh, errata is from Matiex. Uh, mm-hmm. Forgive me if I am not doing that right, but that's my take on it, Matiex. Um, they say, I think every time the planet is taken, this is in reference to our Distant Suns um, expansion idea that we outlined in part one, which is mm-hmm. that 
every time you take a planet, you um, draw from a deck of cards that are based on each planet type. Uh, and that's kind of this this way of doing Distant Sun. So Monty yeah. X is saying, I think every time the planet is taken sounds like too much to me. Uh, it'd likely result in planets that are contended anyways, piling up with a lot of stuff. I do dig the idea of giving boring planets a boon, though. For example, uh, exhaust planet with a ship in orbit or ground forces on to explore slash study, uh, plus get one auto when the planet is taken. Uh, I assume what they mean by that is to they're flip saying, over. Like, if we give a new ability, where instead of taking a card every time you draw a planet, it's like a, it's like a new ability that you can do where you explore a planet rather than it just happening every time you invade a new planet. Um, so oh, it's a I little see. bit more of an active approach uh, to getting these things. Um, they, they added all these little weird cat, these specific caveats. They're kind of getting into just like what an actual design would be. So to avoid that a little bit, I think our goal with talking about this system and the way that we talked about it is less in a specific design standpoint and is more to say we just want more reasons for people to try to take planets from each other mm -hmm. uh, outside of the standard like objective pool of like oh I need four of the same trait or something we just wanted more excuses for people to take planets from each other and if taking a planet meant you got a thing that's what helps that Obviously, there are ways to balance this forever. That's what playtesting is for. That's what actually like implementing these things and seeing how they shake out is for. So all, all this stuff, I think, would fall into its proper place. But I think more than anything, what we were trying to say is, for us, an exploration aspect is a reason to keep jumping on new planets and always be moving uh, to a mm -hmm. certain extent. I think there there was some feedback that we got um that kind of has this flavor to it and anything that uh like what we're trying to do with this episode that is most useful i think is to actually just talk about what what we want um and mm -hmm. sometimes i think we might get a little too specific because we kind of put our designer hats on and decide yeah. like oh like here's how you would implement right. this we're getting lost in our own weeds occasionally sure with these episodes um but like Everything that we're talking about um, is definitely stuff that a real designer would like hone and figure out exactly yeah. how much is too much, how much is too little. Um, I like I agree that uh, do drawing a planet or a distant sun's card every time someone takes a planet could be it could be too much. It very yeah. easily could be too much. Um, but it also kind of depends on what are on those cards. How well is yeah. that balanced? Like right. like this is kind of a it's kind of a lot what we're proposing. Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of different factors that a lot of different knobs that you would need to right. to turn. And, and that and that fear the the we also implemented that idea solely because what we didn't like about the previous version of Distant Suns was that it only happened when you took a neutral planet, which means in TI four, because there's no way for a planet to revert to neutral status, it means that by the end of round two, in most cases, there the the mechanic is done. And that feels a little uh, boring to, to me personally like to have this mechanic in there that only exists for like one or two rounds early on and then is completely defunct done gone from the game that that's I think what we were trying to avoid now I think today we're going to get into some stuff where we're like maybe we're into the idea of there being new ways to get neutral planets but in general that's why we said we want it every time the planet is taken 
Um, so if there's a way to fix that problem and do it the way Maudie X is saying, then that's great. I, I think those are all the desires. That's what's on our wish list is a system that gives me an excuse to take planets a lot and also rewards me beyond the first time I take a planet and then that be the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's funny because, uh, I really like what you just, what you just added to that map, but, uh, I actually specifically said the word knob in, uh, in my comment. And right you were before. working on another so, so really beautiful. I was working on transition. another good transition into our next, uh, piece of errata, which comes from Blark knob, uh, <laughs> who is a type of knob, uh, uh-huh. a Blark, Oh man, could someone do a picture of a knob and it says Blark and then you're turning up how much how much what how much Blark do we need? Um <laughs> how many Blarks do we have? Do we Maximum I need I, blark. I need plus plus 4 Blarks. Um Blark knob knob daddy says, "Have you played the four-player Game of Thrones expansion? Each faction gets a a faction specific objective and that was great. We actually talked a little bit about we mused on faction-specific yeah. objectives last week. And we, um, we really didn't solidify anything there, but I do think it's important to talk about this mm-hmm. uh, because it gives kind of a specific inspiration, which is to say, I don't know if we could go down the same path because in Game of Thrones, the faction-specific objective is something you can score every single round. Yeah, It is rescorable, re- And I don't know if there's room for that in TI. I don't know. Yeah, if especially the in 10-point TI, I'm not, yeah. yeah. Um, but what also existed, and I don't remember if we talked about this very much last week or not, but was weighted scoring of other objectives. Every objective, now this, it works in Game of Thrones because in this expansion, there's only four things. So everything can be very easily balanced. But with other faction specific objectives, I think in TI, what we can take from that is the idea that, yes, this is good for my objective. If it were some sort of public objective, it was some Jolnar specific public objective, it's worth one point for me to do it. Mm -hmm. But it's a public objective and anyone could do it. But if anybody else can do it, it's worth two points for them. Right. So it gives right. them this significant bonus if they can pull off the thing that I am naturally good at. And I'm probably very likely to get this one point. But if somebody else can do my thing, they get a lot more reward out of it. That kind of thing interests me and seems really cool. I'm a little bit afraid of point bloat at a certain point. I would hate to add too many ways to score points. But at the same time, maybe just 14 pointers become the new normal. And maybe that's great. I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I mean, but, I would be fine with that, especially if it moves at the same pace as a 10-point yeah. game. Right. Um, I do think that, yeah, f- the faction objectives do seem a little bit rot for me because it it feels like a lot to ask. It feels like a big ask because it's it is. 17, yeah. 17 objectives. And if we only do 17 of these faction-specific objectives, then that feels like a, there would be a balancing issue of like, well, you get the same faction-specific objective every single time. Right. So honestly, I would like there to be a variety. Um, I did just have this thought, though, because we were talking about how the faction objectives in uh, the Game of Thrones, uh, what is it, the Feast Feast, Feast yes. for Crows expansion? Feast for Crows yeah. expansion. Um, that, in that expansion, they're rescorable. Uh, there is one rescorable objective, sort of, in TI already, which is Mechtal Rex, obviously. Yep. That's something that right. you can score over and over. Um, what if there was one faction-specific objective for each faction, but it only tied to Mechtal Rex, and it was like it was like an extra for when you score your mech point? Does that make sense? Hmm. 
like instead of it just being the mech point it's like the mech point plus your faction thing or yeah so almost like uh i don't know exactly how it would read and i don't want to get too into re- sure. like thinking into about how weeds yeah yeah and into text on cards but something along the lines of like when you when you score when you execute the primary of imperial and you uh have control of mechatol rex and fill in the blank right score this so yeah. it would it would kind of go along with because I also do feel like Mechatol Rex could sometimes now not all the time so I mean I think this is I think we're definitely in fraught territory who knows but I'm just I'm just musing um, I think sometimes Mechatol Rex isn't the powerhouse of victory points that it feels like it should be sometimes right um, where it feels like it's not uh, I remember there was a time where Mechatol Rex was. Very, it was very scary anytime someone took it. It still is pretty scary, but it it often doesn't feel that frightening to where yeah. if we threw on just a little something extra right. to where in certain situations, it could be very frightening. Right. I don't think that's such a bad thing, especially if those objectives are weighted yes. um, in such a way as to be you know something else that you have to accomplish but right. i do like and, and and i'm not necessarily even saying that in in my musings that these faction objectives are even rescorable it's right. just that they're tacked on to the mechatol rex point which is rescorable right so and it also yeah. just gives you another reason to factor mechatol rex into the thing I, yeah. now i've i've already gotten too specific but that but that's, no, it, that's it, what it does, that made it me would think give of. a new reason for factions to reinvest their efforts on mechatorax i don't know i think there's a million different ways to think about doing it i do think it is one of the ideas we threw out last week that is probably less likely to be mm-hmm. seen in an expansion because it's such a bloated weight of it uh other people have suggested something like oh you get three there's like three secret objectives for every faction and you pick one at the start of the game okay well that's they have to write 51 new objectives to do that plus any new factions they may or may not add. That's a lot for it to be something that kind of barely comes up. Right. Um, so uh, compare that to the the 80 action cards that you see almost every single one of every game. Um, or yeah, like 50 it, agendas where you see, a, you know, a good number of them. You see like 10 or so a right, game. Right. Um, so I don't know. I, it, it is probably one of the harder things to implement. Um Another direction to start getting into is to talk a little bit more about um, if there's a possibility that we'll see new units. Ooh, uh, I want to say one more thing about objectives real quick, especially faction objectives, Uh, because it does feel like we're not super hot on the idea. Um, And I just want to clarify that a little bit and just say that I think for both me and you, um, the idea of the designer spending time implementing new objective modules uh, Mm -hmm. is very secondary to like just perfecting the public objective system that we already have that's true and and making that better if all of if all of the public objectives are are more interesting to be scored that's better than a bunch of faction specific objectives yeah um and i think i would be way hotter on just a whole new set of public objectives that are very streamlined and 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 really um like just lead to consistently competitive fun games yeah. uh then i would be on we've got all these new um different types of objectives now and we've really varied up that that yeah. ecosystem if uh, anything what i like about the public objectives even the one even the ones we have right now is that they are very broad they're using 
just the basic mechanics of the game to be scored, which means you don't have to do anything crazy specific. The second you start introducing objectives that are like really, really particular, that gets into weird territory. Right. So it is it is nice that the objectives are just like, have a bunch of resources, have a bunch of trade goods, mm -hmm. have a bunch of tech. Like it's just get enough of the things that you're getting throughout the course of this game. Uh, right. I do think that is good. Um, in general, I think people wouldn't mind having the objectives shaken up a bit yeah and so wh whatever form that takes i think that is the end all goal it's right. just like give me some new ways to think about the objectives because maybe they're getting a little bit stale or maybe we've just figured them out enough to see that like some games just go on too long because the stage twos are impossible or whatever Th things like that yeah uh, could could stand to have a little bit of a makeover but yeah let's, let's talk about units yeah let's talk about new plastic on the board um there's all we we could just like brainstorm new ideas for units forever um and oh, i don't know about that i don't have that many ideas. well sure but uh I, I think there's one common theme for a lot of conversations about what possible new units could be out there and i think it's summarized by uh Bjarkov said i just keep wanting to make ground combat more interesting the current state is too much of a numbers mash and not near enough specialization so this is in contrast to space combat where you have what like nine ships or what i don't even know i'm not yes there's a, there's a number you have a bunch of ships and they all do different things and they all have different values and then you get into ground combat and it's hit on an eight versus hit on an eight unless that faction has a better ground force or worse ground force and then that's it right uh so what we all i think would love to see is for the ground game to just get a bit more interesting and to, to see different ways for it to, sh to get shaken up i think that is what PDS is kind of supposed to do, but PDS is hard to get, hard to do, weird to do, whatever. There's all these weird balancing things with PDS that, that make it not as impactful as it could have been. Mm -hmm. So I would love to see new ground units. And if they, there, there's a myriad of ways that, that that could be implemented. And I don't think we need to get into specifics. In TI3, we had mechanized units. They hit on a five. They had sustained damage. They were also broken because of a lot of weird technical reasons. Um, maybe we get a new kind of mechanized unit. That'd be cool. Um, but more importantly, uh, there's the idea of getting new... Uh, taking inspirations from, from some other TI3 mechanics that could stand to be reintroduced. And they could be involved in the ground game. Hunter, can you kind of talk about what mercenaries were and why they were trash and why we never used them? <laughs> um, well, I don't know for sure that mercenaries were trash. Yeah. I think they were just kind of like, they were just kind of awkward and kind of broken. But mercenaries were these specialized units in, in uh, TI3, I believe in the second expansion. Yeah. Um, and they, they, they had an interesting... Uh, ability and that they could join in space combat and also join in uh, ground combat so they, they and they were all um, units with their own special unit ability and they had like a name um, yeah those abilities varied pretty wildly from like really great to like whatever um, and in fact I think there was one in particular that was just like clearly the best and I forget which yeah. one it was right, um, right. I, I believe we've had this exact same moment on the Probably. show before Probably. when we talked about mercenaries but <laughs> um, regardless uh, it, they were, it was fine it, 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 it was weird but, but like just kind of whatever um, there were also leaders 
Matt, do you yes. want to explain leaders a little bit? Yeah, leaders were, there were five different types of, this was in the base game. This is in TI3 base game, but leaders had all these special abilities. Now, all the abilities were listed in the rule book and they were, they were common units. Your faction had three specific leaders. So you would have an admiral, mm -hmm. a general, and a spy, or two spies and a scientist or whatever. Um, but the abilities that the actual leaders had were consistent across the board. Uh, and and so both of these systems like were, were broken in, in kind of different ways or weird in different ways or like imbalanced in different ways. But I think everybody yearns for kind of a culmination of all those things, which is to say like, I love the idea of more unique units. Flagships are cool because they're just this unique one-off thing. Right. And leaders are cool because it's thematic, right? We want we want our ground force game to be one person leading the charge into battle. We want to be able to visualize that. Um, and especially if we're if we're like centering this expansion around the idea of like exploration and exploration comes with we landed on these planets, we explored, we looked around. There's a story element to it and to have a leader a part of that feels good and thematic. So I think that is another thing to add to our wish list. It's sort of a combination of leaders, mercenaries, even the political intrigue thing of like, oh, somebody you could send to an agenda or whatever. Whatever it is, if different factions, if every faction had one unit that was like a ground force or a ground force that could also be in space combat and rode around or whatever, I think any version of that would be cool. Yeah, But just I agree the idea of a new faction specific unit that does something cool and feels thematic and yeah. can be involved in the ground game that yeah, would be great and i th i think they could incorporate a lot of the abilities that 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 you just listed like a lot of the mercenary abilities would probably go good there um I, the way i like to imagine it that i think would be really fun is is if it was literally a a ground unit like a just a a slightly bigger flag yeah uh, than all the infantry plastic um, and maybe it's like a little special, or maybe it just has the uh, the faction specific um, flag on it. Like you right. know what I mean. Um, right. And then it has a special ability that has either something to do with it. Maybe it makes it easier for your units to take a planet from from another player. Um, yeah. Maybe uh, if you leave it on a planet, it has def defensive uh, right. bonuses that it adds. Um, the other thing that I think would be really funny uh, and kind of a weird way to, to introduce this that would maybe make a lot of you annoyed, but I just think it would be great if there was a unit that helped out in space combat um, passively, uh -huh. but did not participate. So this leader unit would be something that you would have to carry like with your ships and it would have to take right. up some capacity, but it would not actually, it, and it would benefit your fleet but it would just kind of be like a constant um, choice you would have to make of like, right. all right, am I going to take this leader with, because he's not going to be able to help yeah. like uh, with taking Directly. a planet. Uh, so then I have to balance out like, because uh, yeah. I, I actually feel like that choice frequently is one of the m more clutch and interesting choices that players have to make is what am I taking with me? How many yeah. fighters? How many infantry? Right. Right. And just the idea of making that a little more complex, but also maybe giving it more of a risk-reward type angle to it of like, oh, I take this leader with me. Right. It's going to help out in space battle indirectly, um, but I didn't take another fighter, which is kind of a bummer, but we'll right. see if this balances out. Well, and the other really cool thematic thing about uh, leaders in TI3 that 
I don't think ever actually worked out, but I would love if they could find a way to make it work, was the fact that in TI3, you could capture other players' leaders. You didn't have to kill yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't right. a unit that died. It was a thing that you captured and now had control of and could trade back. You could sell that leader back to the person or whatever. Oh, like I would you, love you could that. move them around. Yeah. If, if there was some element of that, I don't know how it should look for it to be actually a balanced approach, but the idea of this leader being a thing that isn't a target that can be hit in combat but is some other sort of commodity or whatever like if 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 my leader could be captured by someone else and now they have the ability of that leader or whatever i don't know just just the idea of someone taking your leader prisoner and then naming a price and forcing you to pay yeah. that that just sounds so much fun to me beautiful. Uh, i i may be like we are putting our designer hats on again but whatever sure. who cares um I don't necessarily like the idea of you getting the ability. No, maybe because not. Because then why would you ever sell it back? You just like keep the ability forever. Sure. Um, but I do like the idea of it being a bonus that you can take away from another faction. Right. And then they have to pay you to get it back. Or maybe you never get it back because you lost yeah. it. Uh, right. I, I think one, one thing that occurred to me uh, is that it sounds to me like leaders should maybe be all focused on like passive bonuses like they're not they're not like a unit like you can't like invade right. a planet with them by yourself like yeah. where the leader just goes alone the leader is something that you're moving around unit. the map yeah like and and i think there isn't a unit like that already um really in twilight imperium especially since right. you can't move pds around anymore yeah so there's yeah. nothing that you like tow around Right. And I just really like that idea of something that you have to just move around and calculate in that way that it's like, it's it's a mixture between being kind of dead weight in some ways, but it also gives up this one ability. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, I really like the, the idea of something like that. The interplay yeah. of that sounds really fun to me. For sure. Uh, another one would be uh, another, and this is kind of, I don't know. This is this is even more like I don't know. Like, wouldn't this be cool? But I think having more structures would be nice, even if it's a faction specific structure. Next week we're going to talk to Blarknob, and Blarknob actually. I think the only reason I'm thinking of this idea is because Blarknob has done this, mm -hmm. uh, and he's going to talk a lot more about his monuments fan expansion next week. And I want to. I just wanted to tease it a little bit, but just the idea that there's like a thing outside of space docks and PDS that like live on a planet and do not move but support your faction in like a new way i think it's fun i think part of the desire for that is solely because pds haven't quite for us panned out in a way that i i want them to and i would love to see structures get more development i think the number one thing here is the the rule book of ti4 defined ships ground forces and structures and then kind of said anything can fall in those categories so it just gave them the design space to add more ships more types of ground forces and more types of structures so when we're talking about a wish list those are the things i kind of tack on right it's just like right. well they left themselves room to design more structures so why not more structures and why not more ground forces i think those are just the obvious places our heads go to when we talk about new units. Yeah, I also feel like in the, the kinds of stuff that we're talking about right now, like definitely with Blarknob's uh, Monuments expansion, and then also if they were to implement something similar to, the, to what we're talking about with leaders and stuff, I think this is, if we see any rebalancing, this is what yes. it will look like. It yeah. will be extra new abilities that kind of give, you know, like, like the idea of 
like let's say I actually I'm pretty sure Blarknob has this implemented already into monuments yeah. where like the Winu have like a very good monument. Um, whereas somebody like Jolnar doesn't necessarily have the best right. monument. Yeah, the monument is they just don't whatever. Need that they don't need exactly. a boon there. They, right. Yeah. Mu Muat's in Blarknob's thing. Muat's monument is absolutely insane. But it's because Muat could really. <laughs> Could really deserve a leg up. I mean, they they really have earned it at this point. Yeah. Um, I, of so yeah, and, and so when we talk about when we talk about rebalancing in the game in general, I think we always assume it's going to come in this version and not. I just I don't see any world where they reprint any faction sheets. Yeah, or anything like absolutely that. not. There absolutely might be not. some cards that like have deserved errata and they'll get reprints, but you're not going to see a new nalu faction sheet it's just not gonna happen i i don't see why they would go there even if they could they just won't it's it's like a weird stance to take for them as a designer honestly it's sort of like admitting defeat and mm -hmm. i don't i don't see why they should do that whereas they could just try to fix what they've already got um with with adding new things you know re just just adding to it to fix it uh, i think is a much better place to be yeah yeah so what 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 do we got next? This is the next thing we have is actually a little more like more stuff kind of. Yeah, uh, let's talk. There well, let's talk probably, about more stuff, right? There should probably be we, action cards, right? Yeah, we like, should probably just get some more action cards. Uh, what I think is interesting about action cards is figuring out what is like the correct amount of it. We're not going to sit here and try to come up with new action cards. That's a waste of everybody's time for us to just be like, oh, what if there was an action card that did this? Um, but more importantly just like how many should there be if yeah. if we're if we're definitely going to get act new action cards in an expansion what is the right amount we have 80 action cards right now with it being 59 unique cards i think that's right 59 unique cards mm -hmm. so what what gets us like or is it 61 i think it's 61 unique types of action cards um so i don't know hunter how how many would you think is like too much or too little or what's what's the what's the right amount to, to i mean find? i I, per I personally don't really know what we what we agreed upon in the in when we were writing this episode was that it would be like 20 cards that that makes sense something something right. like that um, yeah something in that area enough to like like i don't i think the thing that me and you are both a little bit scared of when it comes to talking about action cards was first of all it just being a dump of us being completely designer talk and just coming up yeah. with action cards but also there was a point one of the things that wasn't fun about ti3 once you had all the expansions was yeah. the sheer amount of action cards that were in the deck yep kind of affected so like I don't. I, it kind of messed up the math of should I get some more action cards because yeah. like a lot of them were not very good. It felt like it just felt right. like there were so many action cards in the deck, and so many of them were not um, that big of a deal. Now that being said, we're kind of. I'm not going to necessarily say it's a huge problem, but we're kind of in the opposite of that right now yeah. in TI4 where everybody knows the action card deck pretty well and you kind of even know what to expect like you can basically right. count on certain cards coming out at certain um, times and, yeah certain rounds and, right like a card like public disgrace i mean you could almost like do like you like you're playing twilight imperium in the middle of a game and be like all right i don't have public disgrace but somebody has it so i'm gonna just play like that's an ability i have Right. Um, a defensive ability against whatever player is going to need such and such action or strategy card next yeah. round. 
you can almost play that way because there's just really enough cards in the deck right now for a whole game. Yeah, it's just too predictable at this yeah. point. So I think we want enough. And, and for me, honestly, I I don't love that the action card deck gets reshuffled. I wish it didn't. I wish, yeah. I wish it. I don't mind that you can get to close to the end of the action card deck and kind of be like, hmm, we, we, we have an idea. But I, honestly, I wouldn't mind it if that started to go away. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if they added 40 new action cards, I don't think I would freak out because it's like, okay, we're not going to see the end of the action card deck in most games unless it's like a 14 point game with a sorrel or something then you'll right. probably go through the action dark but but i think action cards becoming something that is very very predictable is a little bit of a detriment uh yeah. it, it's to, to people who don't like the randomness of action cards it's not that's what they want they would love it to stay that way so maybe that's like a rift that we're going to cause here in the community is figuring out who likes randomness and who likes that there's some predictability to it but for me personally on my wish list i would like to see more action cards so that that, that becomes a little bit less predictable i uh, i i'm gonna agree i i just want it to be that that it's just a little bit too much where you can't specifically count on a certain action card coming out yeah. not so many to where it's ridiculous right um, that was the problem in in ti3 you you almost barely got through half the action card deck it yeah. felt like maybe we were playing poorly and other people went through it all the time but for us it felt like we were always you know just like not not seeing hardly any of the action cards and it felt just crazy random you couldn't count on anything you just had no idea what was going to happen right um right. and also so, it, i would be remiss if i didn't mention the most important the only reason that we're talking about action cards at all right now, yeah, and so that I can say that, so that I can predict that our the number one favorite action card of the community, local <laughs> unrest, <laughs> will make a a return, a triumphant uh -huh. return in Twilight That's, Imperium Fourth Edition. You're gonna ruffle some feathers there. Yeah, uh, uh, everybody <laughs> loves it. Uh, <laughs> if you remember what the card did, uh, I won't even repeat it because it's just so so good and there were no issues and uh and it will, it, <laughs> no issues perfect card it, it will be back it will be back um but no in all seriousness i think to go with our holistic expansion approach approach i think local unrest has its place uh there, there were some broken aspects of local unrest but i i honestly would not mind if it came back solely because if we do have this expansion where exploration is a factor and it only matters when you take a neutral planet It'd be great if there was a way for planets to revert to neutral. And that's what right. local unrest right. does, is reverts a planet to neutral. I think local unrest could certainly be rebalanced. In no way are we saying, give me the exact local unrest we had in TI3. That's not, yeah. that's no, whatever. It'll get rebalanced. But what we want is a way for planets to revert to neutral. That would be interesting and fun and would encourage interesting things to happen in this exploration focused expansion. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like that. I think, uh, I think that we will probably see a new and improved uh, version of that card. Yeah. I can't really think of any others that are like that, but that one I, no. I feel. Uh, I, there's I feel. too many action cards. I, I genuinely, when people talk about TI3 like on the Discord and they start talking about action cards, I'm always like, wait, that was an action card? I really just don't remember because it was so constantly just like, oh, that thing? I don't know what that is. Like, I, I, think I never it was, had the action card deck it, I think it was really hard for us to learn the action card deck that well um, because... Yeah there were just so many and we got them all at once because like we've said before we started playing right. this game when the second expansion had come out basically right. or it was about to come out yeah i don't remember 
but it, it so, had just come out like within within a year. So we did not have the experience with TI three that we are having with TI four, where it was you know one game that we got to obsess over, and then there you know where whenever there is an expansion, then yeah. we get to obsess over that, and then if there's another expansion, then we get to obsess over that. It was just like here's this big game that's a base game and two expansions, and it was pretty overwhelming. Um, yeah, really. Yeah. Um, right. Let's talk about more, more stuff. stuff more stuff. Yeah. Agendas. Mm-hmm. There should be more of them, right? I, yeah. So first off, we should just get some more agendas, uh, and even more specifically, we very badly need more single target agendas that are mean. Uh, public execution. Is it execution or am I? Uh, yeah, yeah. Public, it's public ex- execution. It's the that's the only agenda that is elect one player and it hurts them. Yeah. Uh, and we have, I want classified document leaks to get the buff it deserves. And the only way you buff classified document leaks is by getting more mean spirited elect player agendas. Um, they don't need to be as mean as public execution. They can just be mild negative benefits, but I, I don't think that philosophy is, is bad for agendas where maybe some people do. Maybe some people think it's mean to just single one person out and hurt them. But I, I think a lot of agendas end up that way anyways, based on context. Uh, things like Ixthian Artifact. There's only one person on Mechatol Rex, so only one person's getting nuked. But right. it, you can't use classified document leaks on uh, on that. So I want more things for classified document leaks to be, uh, you know, applied to. Yeah. Also, did I say classified document leaks? I did. What a dullard. Confusing legal text. Yeah, I I I like filtered that. You in, clocked that into being. I was just about to bring up confusing legal oh, well. text. Anyways, confusing uh, legal text is what I'm talking about. Boy, howdy. Yeah, we're we're kind of tired today, if we're being honest. Um, <laughs> but yeah, conf- like confusing legal text becoming a card that is actually interesting would be a really cool thing that an expansion could do. Um, I was thinking even like a really basic agenda could be something that like there could be a series of agendas that. Per- prevent the player from selecting a specific strategy card how cool uh-huh. would that be yeah like yeah, yeah, yeah. political like political exile you can't right. take politics period wouldn't that yeah. just be like i mean that would be awful Weird. right right but confusing legal text would would mess it up it would give repeal law a new um mm-hmm. you know like point to it yeah um, yeah anything that would that could like create a situation where you take a strategy card out of turn would probably get out from underneath it. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think that well, I think something like that could be really cool. Yeah. And and so then let's talk about the other thing, which is we mentioned this last week, which is to say we 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 liked assembly. We liked an assembly that you had a hand of agendas that then you mm-hmm. proposed. You brought to the Galactic Council floor and said, I'm proposing this, basically. Um and I miss that feeling. And even in T three it didn't really work fully because you could spend those agendas as trade goods and just get rid of them and i don't know there were weird things that made the system again not implemented perfectly so we're once again saying we want a better version of what we had in ti3 which is to say it would be great for there to implement a way to have a hand of agenda cards but i don't want to fully upset the ecosystem of agendas that we have right now and require a new strategy card necessarily but hunter we kind of you and I, we're going to put our designer hats back on. All right, we, we took them off a little bit ago. We're putting our designer hats right back on. Let's come up with uh, this this idea maybe of faction agendas? Yeah, so we were thinking that it would be pretty cool 
uh, and also an opportunity to, um, like, like we said, anytime we're giving new faction-specific abilities, um, that is an opportunity to do a little bit of rebalancing. Right. Um, so if each faction received an agenda that they can propose, um, that would be pretty cool. Um, how would they propose their agenda? Well, uh, in in when you use the political card, uh, I think it wouldn't take too much textual doing uh, to make it where essentially what you're doing is drawing two agendas from the deck. Now you have three counting your faction agenda, or more than that if each faction got more agendas. I have no idea. Um, sure. But all you have to do then is take two of those and then put them back in the deck however you want, however we normally do. So essentially yeah. it would be that every time you take politics, you have a choice between these two random objectives that you drew and then your faction objective. And you could agenda. even, your agenda, yeah, sorry. Um, you could even get, I think it would allow more often you to be like strategic about how yes. you put the agendas back in the deck, which is actually something I feel like we don't get to capitalize that much on. Yeah. Um, every once in a while, you draw two two agendas that like present themselves very nicely to like, a, oh, if we if I put this one on top and this one underneath it, yeah. that will be really crazy. Um, but very rarely that happens. And so I think faction agendas could be uh, an interesting way to kind of shake that up and also allow people to play a little more strategically right. whenever they have taken the politics card. Yeah, and more so than that, if this system is working the way we're kind of describing, when you put two back into the deck, whether it's on top or on bottom, in theory, you're still keeping one in your hand. Right. And maybe you put your faction agenda on top, but then you kept one for later. And you can always, which what we're saying is there's always a banked agenda in your hand. Yes, yes. And what I think would be cool is if that was how it works, so that then if you round one or whatever, draw shard of the throne wouldn't it be awesome if you could hold on to that shard of the throne until around until a few rounds later and make it a strategic decision to then put shard of the throne in now of course you still have to be the person playing politics but if you play if you if you draw politics round one get a really cool agenda that you want to save for later then in round four get politics again so that you can now put it on top I just think that would be really a really cool side effect of this idea of having agendas in your hand the main thing being it's just really, it, it feels like, I don't know, like American democracy of like, I'm going to write this bill and bring it to the Senate floor or whatever. Like, I want to propose this deal. This Right. What we have right now, the system we have right now is agendas happen to us. We draw it and, oh, okay, I don't know. This is like an environmental disaster that happened. Who knows? But it would be cool if we had a little bit more control over them to where it really felt like we were bringing concepts to the council floor to then be discussed and voted on. Yeah, and I mean, we didn't talk about this before, but also, I mean, you could make agendas tradable. Right. Um, and if they were, then... So there's there's already this thing that has been kind of happening with TI4 the more and more we've played it, which is that whenever someone takes politics, people do deals with them in order to get the speaker token. Yeah. So it's already becoming that whoever takes politics becomes this like kind of person that people kind of approach and want to do deals with. So right. what if this is just another opportunity to kind of increase that trend and have it be every time someone takes politics, well, that's the person that you want to try and trade your agenda to, to get them to play it. Right. 
And then yeah. it also has a Game of Thrones style uh, right. backstabby effect of there's they no stole way to your make agenda. There, yeah, there's no I way to I will keep go this. ahead and say <laughs> if, if that's how it works, there will be no way to make that binding. I yeah, absolutely guarantee. not. But that's just delicious to me. And, and yeah. that's all I want. So all of this is to say, we've gotten very designery, but all this is to say, I would love for agendas to feel more Machiavellian, more, more yeah. I don't know, controlled and intentional. I think that would mm -hmm. be really great for the feeling of Galactic Councils and for the agenda phase to feel like, you did this to us. You forced right. this to happen to us. And it also indirectly kind of improves extra a bit extra can already quash stuff but they're mostly just quashing random things if right. they're now quashing something that someone very intentionally put on the top of that deck because it was in their hand to start with that that really i, I don't know that that makes their impact stronger and i think that's a good that's a good thing i really like the idea of when, when we're talking about this imagining someone i'll say schroeder um uh -huh. has an agenda that he wants in there so he has to, he doesn't have the politics card. Um, so he has to first do a deal with the politics card and then right. also do a deal with extra in order to prevent them from quashing it or, yeah. or ensure that they're not going to quash it. Um, and just that kind of double layered yeah. level of negotiation, that's, that's, the, that's the fun stuff. It's that's delicious. the great stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and I think that comes to our next point. We want the game to be more delicious. Um, yes. And I think it should come with a little cake. Anyways, <laughs> what's the next thing? Uh, it's time to talk about tech. Oh, uh, God. Tech, tech this is, is the scariest thing yeah. I feel like to talk about. I think it, this is the great I, white I do whale. Not, I, am, I am not jealous of whoever is going to, or if ever anybody is going to have to take a look at the system and actually add something to it. Because honestly, I think Dane just made it too perfect. Uh -huh. Like, it's just... And and I well not only I, is it not not even just perfect but too like he he really sanded the edges right he really right. went hmm let's make sure that all the numbers fall in line in a fun arbitrary but balanced way right yeah. all the text is set up in such a specific little way that it all works and if you're going to introduce any new tech it's going to make all of that look uglier mm -hmm. it just is tech's going to get uglier probably unless they don't touch it, which nobody wants. It seems like everybody seems to want new tech and there's no way to touch tech without it getting really, really ugly, really fast. Right. Um, so I think for this, we're not gonna talk about a bunch of new tech that we wanna see. We're not gonna propose a bunch of ideas for different uh, specific tech, but let's talk about the tech problem, right? Right. Uh, I wanna lead this off with Afro Fry Cook uh, said, I want to double the amount of tech in the game. Each tech level should have two choices. These choices should hopefully balance out some of the tech pads by providing synergy with some of the lesser performing techs. It can increase the value to those techs balancing out the game. I bring this up because I want to disagree with it. I'm sorry, Afro Frycook. I disagree. That is so much tech. There's 16 public tech in the game. And this is what faction tech is supposed to do, right? Faction tech is supposed to offer up these alternatives right. here and there, but it's like right. a little sprinkling. And, and it doesn't feel like enough, which is why I get wanting a bunch more tech because with each faction only having two faction tech, you have almost no alternatives, especially with factions who have upgrades as their faction tech. You get no alternatives to the already existing hierarchy because, because the tech system is so simple. It's right. just prerequisite one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, like that's all you got. So the system is too condensed, maybe. That's how it feels. It, so what it, are the it, solutions? It doesn't feel it, it. It it doesn't. It's the one part of the game that feels the most like if you try and add something to it, it is go, it's just going to be a mess. 
because um, it it just feels so streamlined as is. So, so what the, our choices are to do that to add to, to just double. add <laughs> we yeah Afro Fry Cook wants to double. Um, I mean, you could what you could do a level five, right? Uh-huh. You could add fifth, a, fifth a, thing a to fifth, it, a really fifth really level deep to, tech. Yeah, like better all across it, like super weapon tech for each color. Yeah. Uh, you could what? Add another color, a whole nother color. What's That's the issue there? That what? What's the problem there? Obviously. So okay, fifth color to me seems like the most likely, but also the least likely at the same time. Yeah, I don't know. It's really hard to tell. So the reason fifth color is weird is because uh, a they would have to introduce new planet tiles. I guess they don't have to, but it would make sense for them to introduce new planet tiles where we have text specialties of those planets, right? We need right, text skips right, right. for that new color. What We're probably getting new planet tiles anyways. That, so that, that feels that's like a safe part, bet. No. Um, but the other problem you get is there's this whole ecosystem of upgrades that are all based on the tech we already have. So if you have a fifth color, it is assumed that none of... The, you're not going to change the upgrades because that would require you to change every single faction sheet because that stuff is printed on the faction sheet. The upgrades and what their requirements are is printed on the faction sheet. So that, that just can't change. Just get get rid of the dream of that changing. Mm-hmm. So you have this fifth tech color that doesn't do anything for your upgrades unless there's like a new unit maybe. And maybe that helps. Maybe the new units use the new tech color as an upgrade. But you could also see a fifth tech color lean into that idea, right? Of like, this isn't going anywhere. This isn't This isn't leading to improving your units like every other tech path right, is. Right. This one is even better tech than every other tech path because it's not going anywhere. It's a it is a it is a dead end when you get to the, you know, to the fourth tech in that path. Maybe we see them go down that route. But in general, with e- any of those versions, it's still messy. It's still weird. It still feels tacked on. And I think that's the main issue is any tech that gets added feels like it was added. Feels just like hammered onto the onto the wall. Right, extra but not necessarily part of the ecosystem. Yeah. Um. What there there's uh they could do like a wild color or like a colorless like multicolored. Tech. Yeah, colorless, they could col- do that. <laughs> that sounds incredible. That would be a way to to get around it, but I just don't know what would why would that wouldn't make any sense because then yeah. it would just be like. And, and I've seen and I've even thought of this myself before. Like we were kind of making up our own little fan expansion once, and we suggested like a new layer of level one tech. When we say level one, we have level zero, one, two, three. So level one meaning requires one other tech of that color. But isn't that weird to to introduce four new tech that are only at one prerequisite level publicly? So there's four level zeros, eight level ones, four level twos, four level threes. That's just, That's it odd. feels, it feels so, so weird and not pretty and outline and if and if it's you know if dane is at the helm we know it needs to be this little like ooh, look at how the numbers all lined up just perfectly oh just so just just so um i don't know i just i think all of those things are not especially likely the one thing the number one thing i do think could be likely or at the very least isn't messy is a, a new faction tech per faction yeah, third faction tech. Third everybody. faction tech for everybody. And Three this is a big tech way. isn't crazy. That's, no. That's not wild. Three faction tech isn't crazy, and that's a big way to balance factions, right? Give Jolnar a completely useless third faction tech. Give Winu a great third faction tech. Yeah. Same thing we were talking about with new units. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, you could get in a lot of fun uh, 
extra new new unit upgrades would be cool for, for yeah. factions and like yeah there's there's a lot there's a lot of room there i think for uh, each faction to just get one more tech yeah. and honestly i would be satisfied if that was the only addition to tech was one new faction tech per faction yeah no no I don't, actual tech right i don't think i need it i get that like that the major problem still exists i just don't think it's that necessary to have this weird messy fix to it i i personally don't think it's important if you give if if a lot of the factions new faction tech is a one red requirement tech then there you go that's great you know just just give more factions an excuse to go down red tech that lets them skip mage in that way i think that's fine i don't think everybody i don't think there needs to be a public tech fix to Majin. i think just giving more factions an excuse to fix Majin on them on their own is maybe maybe okay i think yeah. we kind of just have to cut our losses with Majin. no i <laughs> to, to I, be honest i i think uh i no i think you're right though and i i, I think if the if the third faction tech uh kept that in mind with certain factions um that that could be that that would just be fine um yeah. I, all that is to say if they did decide to completely rework Majin and introduce that as a replacement do a replacement Majin. I'm okay with that too. That's fine. It's ugly, but it's fine. I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll accept a. Here's the new mage and defense grid. You feel free to shred up the old one and throw it out. I I doubt that. I doubt oh, I highly doubt it as well. I but I, I would accept. I would accept. It's the one messy solution. I would be like, nah, that's fine. I I I, I want that. <laughs> yeah. Um, we could talk about promissory notes, but honestly, I don't know how much there is to say. I no, mean, I guess it's not it, a lot. It's kind of like everything else we've been talking about for a minute, yep. where it's like. They could give everybody another faction one. Yeah. Um, I think there are some factions that could totally use that. I think it is lame that Arborek uh, is so a screwed. faction that kind of like kind of needs a little help, yeah. but their only promissory note is like just hurt me. Oh, I'll yeah. hurt my hurt me if very badly. This, out, if, this will hurt me very badly. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I mean, I think I think there are some factions that seem like they could use another promissory note. Some factions I feel like would be completely extra. It would just be like, yeah. well, I guess I got this. And actually, I will say, um, most of the faction promissory notes I think are perfect. So yeah. there's actually not really much fixing, I feel like, with no, promissory notes. Not. I think we could all say that promissory notes is kind of one of the best parts of the game now yeah that's you know the only reason I mean? I want, like, that's the only reason i would want more is because it, i feel like that's the most we've learned over time like it took us months and months and months and we're still learning like what to really do with promissory notes it feels like the most mm -hmm. complex system from a from a meta perspective of right just like oh the, we can just do whatever we want with these things and the and their costs change every game i want more promissory notes solely because i would love to see that part of the game enhanced Sure, I and and I I think that's fine. I just think some of the other things that we talked about are squeakier wheels than promissory oh, yeah. notes. Yeah, yeah, if, for if the, sure. If if an eventual expansion were to just be like, well, uh, you know what? I think we kind of did a home run last time on promissory notes. We're not really going to mess with it at all and focus on other things. I wouldn't really mind at all, honestly. Yeah, I right. I would be totally cool with that. Um, yeah. I think if we could get agendas up to the level that promissory this feels weird to say because promissory no, notes I know it, are like I a agree part completely. of agendas but like if we could somehow turn that whole the, the whole agenda part up e again yep. even more 
which just feels yeah. like a lot to ask actually because it's no, already so I, I much think, better than where I think that's what we were getting at. at. But, yeah. I, yeah. I think that's what we were getting at with what we want to see added to agendas is we want that same hyper dynamic approach that we feel in promissory notes promissory notes just feel so much like i have all this power and i have no idea how i'm going to wield it and what i'm going to do mm -hmm. with it mm -hmm. and it would be great to have more mechanics that do that and all the discussion-based mechanics trade and agendas are the main two ways you do that tech is just this like perfect little system that works agendas and trade are completely wide open yeah. and i just want to see those things get reinforced yeah yeah um do we want to talk about, do we want to spend some time talking about what new <laughs> we, factions would yeah, maybe right. look like? Let's, <laughs> let's, let's make that, let's make this as simple as we can, because this is another, this is like the action card problem of like, okay, sure. We could sit here and brainstorm new faction ideas forever, but we're and not we going to do that. And we and have, we have, and we, we have, you and I certainly have our collection of factions we would love to see get made and whatever, but we're going to avoid I just want to put it out there that there is a design doc that yeah. me and Matt share of sure. our of our little fun our little imagination <laughs> factions that We're we just have. like you. Um, but but let's talk about what factions do and why we might and what we would see in new factions. We all want new factions. What could that look like? Mm -hmm. Every faction is an inversion on a rule that already exists. Yeah. And when I see homebrew it factions the ones that kind of like turn me off and the ones that i'm like i don't want to try that are the ones that aren't inverting any rules they're the ones that are just like adding a bunch of, they're just trying to add a whole new mechanic to the game that's what mm -hmm. i i don't like that in new factions where it's like and then you do this new thing and it's here's the component and it works like this and i have to explain it all to you in the tiny little paragraph space on the faction sheet and it's not enough room and it just it's a bloat it's a whole it's too much stuff what a faction should do is you understand the basics of the rules and this one goes, you remember that rule? Not anymore. Right. Remember how you're supposed to control your home system for public objectives? Not anymore. The SAR right. can avoid that. Remember how you can go from an alpha only to another alpha wormhole? Not anymore. The Ghost of Creus can go between them. Right. All that kind of stuff. That's all a faction is, is one little rule turned on its head. So what are the things that we haven't seen turned on their head yet? Uh, the, the main thing here is, I want to point out that we didn't get any new factions in TI4. Right. We got 17 factions that have been printed in the past. They were from TI3 and all its expansions. Uh, and with that, there were a bunch of mechanical changes in TI4, but it feels like the factions were more or less defined by their TI3 counterpart and just slightly updated with the new mechanics. But what we haven't seen is a new faction based off of a new mechanic yet. Mm -hmm. So that's the first territory I want to see get covered. Um, the main ones would be something like, I want to see a flagship race. Yeah. That was that was the original idea of the Embers of Muat, right? We need a we need a faction that starts with a war sun. How do we what how do we approach that? I don't know. Let's figure you know, let's figure that out. I want the same thing with a faction that starts with a flagship and maybe you can upgrade their flagship. Whatever that looks like, I don't know. But that that would be a thing for me that is very interesting. Yeah, I the way I whenever we talk about a flagship faction, I think to kind of distinguish the because I think some people maybe are thinking like, well, we already have the embers of Muat, so like, right. is a flagship really that different? Um, what I think would be the hook of a flagship faction would be like a like to use the term mothership 
faction. Right. A right. faction that their flagship is kind of their whole deal. Right. They're, it, um, it's and they're kind of their orbiting success. that flagship. And the flagship is, uh, it, yeah, it's just like, it's it's their thing. They're um, defined by their flagship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's what's another aspect of the game that we haven't really seen? Uh, we just first? got done talking about it. Promissory notes. Promissory notes. notes. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Hunter, what would you? You're. I think you are even more into promissory notes than I am. I'm still really bad at wheeling and dealing those. But what to you would be like the keynote of a promissory note faction? Um, I think I. Well, I've seen, I've I've seen some promissory note factions out there. I don't know that I've seen one that really like, kind of gets me. Yeah, um, fires you up. But I think the idea of a faction that just specifically starts with more like promissory notes than ever, anybody else uh, yeah. would be pretty cool. Right. Uh, a faction that's just like, listen, this is what this is the resource that you have right. to play off of is that you can you have more things that you can promise people in a binding right. way via your right. promissory notes. Um, yeah. So maybe, see, that's kind of even why I was sort of pulling back when we were talking about like, oh, what if there was like more faction promissory sure. notes? It's like, I think if there was a faction where that was their whole thing and they didn't really have much else, uh, I'd basically be down with that. Like, yeah. I, I, I think that would be like a good uh, a good angle for, for a faction. Uh, now, obviously, it depends on what the promissory notes do. Right. Um, and I think there would have to be some sort of th- thematic binding um, sure. to those promissory notes. Um, and even if it's even if it's ways that they can interact with other promissory notes differently too. I don't. Right. I, I say that not knowing what the implications are of what I'm even talking about. But just if there was a way you could turn the idea of promissory notes on their head and someone could interact with them in a different way, I'd be I'd be super interested to see where that could go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I, I've definitely, I'm trying to remember, there actually was a faction I that somebody was working on on our Discord that was, uh, I don't remember the thematic hook of them, but I remember they did have multiple promissory notes. But the way that they worked is they kind of like traded their promissory notes away, like against the other player's will. Like they could just yeah. give another player a promissory note and then it would like affect the way that they that that space battles resolved. That like, seems tricky. Yeah. 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 I, I, I don't know how, like, I, I just know that it's an aspect of the game that could yeah. be inverted. Uh, I another... also, yeah, let's talk about commodities. Right. Um, because commodities, like as an idea, were brand spanking new to TI4. Right. And of course they did go through and give every faction, you know, the amount of commodities that they had right. via their, trade if you added up their trade contracts from ti3 that's how many com- commodities everybody ended up with yeah. um so i mean there is a little bit of of variables there but there's not but, a faction that has some sort of special um association with their commodities or how they yeah. gain them or how many they're allowed to have there are yeah. no exceptions to that rule Th- thus right. far it's basically just like you get the amount of commodities that it says you get on your sheet and it just kind of works the same for everybody. The only thing, obviously, is Hakan gets their commodities. Um, no matter what. Yeah, but that doesn't feel, because it's a whole new system, I feel like that there's still some more room yeah. in that system. Well, the, the yeah, I think the simplest way to, to try to come up with an inversion is the idea of someone who can replenish commodities outside of trade 
in some capacity, whatever it looks like when whatever's balanced, but someone who can get, who can replenish their commodities more than just out of trade. Or somebody that like does not replenish commodities um, at a set value. Like their commodity value isn't like a number. It's like X and it, depending on whatever they fulfill. I mean, I essentially have been really wild. This has been the, the, of all the, stuff that me and Matt have been working on behind the scenes for our own fun. Uh, this has been my, my baby has been a little faction that I call, uh, the family. Um, they're going to eventually be called the family of something, but I don't know. I don't have the, the lore figured out sure. for them. I imagine them as like little, little space gnomes, um, yeah. little tinkerers. And, uh, and they are a commodity very vari- variable faction. Yeah. Um, and they also, it's funny that you bring up the, I, I don't know if you're bringing it up because you're thinking about the family or what, um, but they have an ability that allows other people to replenish their commodities outside of yeah. the trade uh, strategy card. We so I think yeah. one faction that can kind of upset that balance, because right now we have the Hakan and the Hakan are basically just like good at trading, just right. kind of straight up. Yeah. But I, and then the, the Mentec pillage, which is kind of just like a detriment. They just I'm, annoy trading. <laughs> yeah, it feels like there should be a faction that like kind of upsets the commodity balance yeah. a little bit or changes the way that that works. Yeah. So that's something. Yeah, uh, I'd love to see, uh, this is less like a TI4 specific thing, but I would love, I don't feel like we have a proper agenda faction. Mm-hmm. We have the Necro who are just like, you don't get to, goodbye. Right. Right. Uh, and then we have extra, which is like every once in a while you get to cancel one. I right. would just love to see something that had a, a bigger impact on the agenda phase. Some some faction where they really shine during the agenda phase. Yeah, like somebody that either has like... that. There was the Winu ability, right, from TI3? Right, where, in TI3 um, they could vote with their home planet's influence no matter what. So they always had four votes instead of just one. Right. So that's that's an ability that's out there that that could be reclaimed by a new faction, basically. Yeah. Um, and even something along that line that's even like I think it would be cool. We have we have factions that have uh, really high resources. We have a six resource home system, but we right. don't really have like a six influence home system. Right. Like just a yeah. faction that's just really high influence right. yeah extra has five but you you don't think of them that way you don't you i think it's five they have a lot there's a couple factions that have a decent amount of influence but you never use it you don't it's right. just not used in that way it, w- it would be great if it was like you know they had th- it's another three planet home system and it's like a you know a, f- a three zero and then two ones that are really influence rich like a one two and a zero three or just like obvious this is obviously to be used for influence purposes right i mean even a faction that had really high influence in their home system and that ability that right. winu ability right. um that already is pretty good like that's almost like it feels like that would probably only need like one more ability yeah and then really something thematic to tie it all together and then like honestly that sounds like a pretty solid faction right there yeah um, for sure because if you're good at influence you're also good at command counters and if you're able to spend your high influence planets uh willy-nilly because well, it's fine in the agenda you're phase gonna i'm, I'm gonna rock anyways. it anyways right uh, that that just sounds great yeah uh and the, the last kind of idea here is to say well 
this whole time we've been talking about this holistic expansion that is all based around this exploration mechanic, it would seem fitting that if in that f expansion we released a faction that implemented that system in a new interest in an even more interesting way right. right that okay let's lean into this new mechanic and make a faction that deliberately feeds off of it i have no idea what that would look like because we haven't actually properly designed that exploration mechanic but whatever it looks like whether they get more choices in the distant sun cards they flip or whatever mm -hmm. if it's more choice or it's more interaction with it or whatever it looks like i, I think it's a perfect opportunity to to come up with a very very new feeling faction because the mechanics you're introducing are new and a part of that faction why not i mean a part of that expansion why not also include them in a new faction that gets to feel really interesting and unique and and it just it adds to that feeling of this expansion all comes together it's right. all part of it you don't you play with the expansion or you don't because without the rules introduced by this expansion you couldn't even use the faction we're introducing because it is reliant on the new rules i think that that's the philosophy that should be gone into with this expansion is it's all or nothing right right um i i i really like this list that we've got here actually of uh of these elements because i i think there is a likelihood that we would see at least a faction that's playing with some of these yes. things um and with the exploration thing Obviously, that's uh, that's for for our specific expansion that we've kind of been talking about these two weeks. Right. But still, it, it still stands that I think we will see probably an inversion of one of these concepts or sub out exploration for something else that they add in right. in in an expansion. We could definitely see a, a inversion of new rules as well. Yeah, but yeah. I would say for for those of you that are. Ma like making your own factions and homebrewing stuff. I think as an exercise, as a designer, the best stuff is to work with the rules that are already there and find a new section of that rule book to invert for yeah. your faction. Right, right. Pick one section and just go, how can I shake this whole thing up? And mm -hmm. not in an overly complex way, just like a, how do I turn this off and still have a faction that works? How do I turn this thing off, this rule? and and still make it all work um let's we're going to start wrapping up here and the main way i want to do that is uh, i want to get into we've listed a lot of ideas and all of these things kind of constitute the wish list but i think to have a proper wish list we need to separate the things out that are our must-haves is there anything hunter for you that if it was not included in an expansion you would be like upset or annoyed about it's like no I, sh I i was fully expecting this thing or some version of this thing what what would what is a must-have for you out of all of this um i think for me personally i i would like more objectives and, and different different objectives i think yeah. objectives are the number one thing that i would like to see because I it, it feels like that's where you can add a lot of variance to how the game feels, yeah. um, and how the game plays. And I'm not even saying that I I've got all these great ideas for all these objectives. I actually think it's like kind of hard. It's like I think hard. it's like some of the hardest stuff to change about the game. But I I I think I am solidly in the objective lane. I want to say something that I'm actually is not a must-have for me, and it is a must-have for somebody we're about to talk about. 
Yeah. Uh, eight players is actually not the biggest deal to me. Yeah. I, yeah. I just you're referring to, uh, we're, we're basing this idea of bringing this up. Blarknob said uh, he wants eight players, he wants more objectives, and he wants more tech. If that's all the expansion is, I'd be perfectly happy. If it doesn't have any of those things, I'd be disappointed, particularly the eight player option. And you're saying you don't care about the eight player thing. I, I'm saying eight, eight players is not, I, I wouldn't. I, I just I don't put it very high because yeah. honestly I didn't play eight player a lot and it's already six people which is a lot for most people to get together right. Um, right. and you know you know what I always complain about is <laughs> uh, if every strategy card gets taken right. that's just a different feel that's just yeah. not the way not the game like ever feels to me um, so and and currently if they added eight players that's how it would be so yeah I don't know yeah my my must-haves I think includes more planet tiles. At this point, I've put so much time and energy into designing maps. I feel completely tapped out with the planet tiles that we have at our disposal. And I deeply, deeply, deeply desire more variance to yeah. that system yeah. so that when I make maps, I have more options and can make things that don't feel the same. I basically started running into this issue of like certain planet tiles. If you want a balanced map if you want to make a good balanced map certain planet tiles have to go together right and certain planet tiles don't go with anything and it's really hard to utilize them but if we had a bunch more options for planets uh it would help even that out to where you you have a lot of choices that you can make that are more dynamic um so whatever form those take i will welcome anything but i really desperately want more planet tiles um and i i think the only other thing I would add is I would like more factions. I don't, I don't, maybe it's not a must have. I don't think I need more factions. 17 is a lot of factions. We have a lot of factions in the game, but that is what gets me more excited than anything else. And I think that's what gets other people more excited too. If there's a new faction to explore, that's incredibly invigorating for an expansion. I, I think factions are like the most supple design that you can implement into a thing to get people really jazzed up about it that's true. um and, and just from like a marketing i mean like that's how it has always been the, ex the the expansion comes out and there's like four new faces on the cover art and those are the four new factions you're gonna have access that's just that feels like the flow of these expansions so it to me it's less about it being a must-have and more is like i think that's maybe the most likely yeah. new factions uh i i i was kind of searching my soul while while you were talking and uh, i want to update mine a little bit my must-haves are objectives uh and strategy cards actually yeah. that's you actually like really a... i would i would if 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 for some reason it was between new factions and new strategy cards i would take new strategy cards interesting over, over any yeah. new faction whole new actually, set kind of like what we talked about like just completely swapping out the set or yeah or whatever. New set, just some new set. okay I, I i'm really obsessed with the idea of the strategy cards being like i mean they're they they are the the strategy cards and the objectives are like the whole flow of the game basically right. they're a um, crucial aspect they're they're very very crucial um and I feel like changing the strategy cards always really excited me in TI3. And I just love, I love having another set because that's a whole new flow yeah. of game. I want to, I can, I can, I'm feeling, I can feel unaligned magi groaning right now mm -hmm. uh, and probably other people as well. And I want to be really clear, at least, and maybe you don't mean this. I'm putting my own words here for me again, 
with the holistic approach here, if we introduce new strategy cards, that's it. It's not any, uh, for me, it would be goodbye old strategy cards, hello new strategy cards. That, yeah. That's how I would think about them. I think people talk about a fear of there being two sets of strategy cards, and now every time they try to start up a game, it's which one of the sets are we going to use? For me, what I, when we talk about this expansion, I'm always coming back to the idea of if you're playing with the expansion, you're playing with all the new stuff. Yeah, that they that they would all go together, that they would yeah. weave together in a way that they are they are inseparable. Right. Um, and the old strategy cards will be for when you want to play the base game, but right. they don't they they, they don't literally don't work together. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm still consistent with that. I just I just think the strategy cards are. Um, one of my favorite parts of the game and mm -hmm. to not see that be shaken up at all um i w i just feel like i would be a little bit i would just be Upset. a little bit let down yeah yeah because well, you you want to see the game grow and change you know and, absolutely and with strategy that, cards i will so say important. that's my must-have yeah and we started at the top of this saying we don't just want it to be here's some more stuff but it's the same game I, I do want the game to feel shaken up a bit. I want I want it to feel like you're getting something really new when you get that expansion. Yeah. That's pretty important to me. Let's end with a question that is funny to ask after all of this. Uh, and this comes from Ben Ageddon. Hunter, what are the chances of actually getting an expansion? Uh, well... <laughs> hmm. I beats me. <laughs> I feel like it's high. Yeah. But I don't have I don't know when you would ever right. I, I just have no expectations for what the timeline would be that's, for it. I think that's I think the what are the chances of getting an expansion? I, I would say like 95% chance we get a new expansion someday. Right. Do we get a new expansion this year? I have no I, I don't know. Do we get it next year? It increases in likelihood with every year that goes by. Right? Yeah, I, I, I agree I, with that, that there is an aspect to it where every year that goes by, it will be more. Not that it hasn't been that long. That's it hasn't thing. even been that long. That's the thing. That's why it's not like that likely that we get it really soon. Because it's like, guys, the game has only been out one year. It's not, right. I don't know. I mean, right. I get that there's plenty of final, uh, that the plenty of Fantasy Flight games that come out and within a year have an expansion. But I don't know. TI is just bigger than that. And I just don't. I, I think there's room to sit with what we've got, but I, I know we're all hotly anticipating it. And that's the whole reason we did these two episodes, but um, I think we'll see it eventually, but I'm not in necessarily a rush to get it. Yeah. And, and I, I just don't, I, I just don't really have any expectations. Yeah. Um, I think it's more, you know, if you just look at, if you look at fantasy flight and the other games that they do, um, they, yeah, sure, you can cherry-pick and be like, well, but there's this game, and, and the yeah. expansion came out this quickly. But there's also games that, like, sit for a long time, for yeah. years and years and years, and then suddenly get an expansion. Right. You know, how long it had it been since the last Game of Thrones board game expansion? Right. The, no one thought any li new life would ever get brought back into the Game of Thrones board game. I mean, yeah, it's been many years, and now it's like, oh, suddenly new full box. And it, it had never even received a full box expansion. The two expansions for Game of Thrones 2nd Edition were just these little packs of cards. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly they're going to do a whole new... I mean, that's crazy. Um, so, I don't know. I think it all comes down to... If we knew more about the infrastructure of Fantasy Flight, I, I you know, every impression I've ever gotten is it's like, it just depends on what the designers want to do, and they hop around and you know they have a whole team of designers but all those designers hop around from project to project 
And so it'll just take one of it'll take a designer being like, hey, you know what? I'm ready. I'm ready to do TI four. Let's let's jump on it. Yeah. Um. But there's there's certainly not a division of people that are there constantly dedicated to Twilight Imperium. That's just not how a business should be run. So we'll get it when we get it. That being said, if you uh, if, if you are somebody that works for Fantasy <laughs> Flight pull, and, you, and you do Flight. you do like some of the, the stuff we've said here today, uh, you can reach me and Matt uh, uh-huh. at we are uh, for hire as Space Cats Pod on Twitter. Um, actually, that wouldn't be a appropriate place to reach out to us, but you can send us an email at spacecatspeaceturtles at gmail dot com. That's mm-hmm. also where we take. Um, plays of the week and like if you want to send in a this imperium life story that's a good place to do it um please rate us on your podcast app of choice uh fantasy flight employees especially um (laughs) uh please rate us specifically on apple podcast slash itunes um you can go to our facebook and send us a message that you want to fly us to what what is it rosefield roseville Roseville, roseville minnesota uh, to, you want to fly us out on your dime, on company dime, for us to come <laughs> uh, and consult on any future Twilight Imperium uh, content. Um, we'll even just take over if you just want to gift us the brand. It, <laughs> never, never, never mind that. That would, we don't know how to do any of that. Um, you can check out the subreddit Twilight Imperium uh, for our weekly posts and discussion, uh, especially if you're a Fancy Flight employee. You can look at see, wow, we've been doing this a long time, you know, and just look at that. We really uh, mean it. <laughs> you could check out our Patreon and see how well that's been doing. It'd be like, wow, these guys are really into this. And this is a big deal to them. <laughs> um, look at all the money they're siphoning from us. Yeah. <laughs> imagine, imagine if we, so at the beginning of every podcast episode, we say the unofficial podcast uh-huh. of Fantasy Flight. So that could change. Right. You just let us right, know yeah. like when you you're ready su- to go to the next level. Maybe we could get sued, you know? Who knows? <laughs> uh, who knows the legality of these things? Uh, you can check out our Discord for fun conversations and get some uh, Patreon benefits. Um, and also, hi, I'm Hunter Donaldson. I'm a comedian. And you can check me out every Thursday at a show called Earthquake Hurricane in Portland, Oregon. Uh, that happens at food, Ford Food and Drink. And the show starts at 8. Uh, come by. Say Hi. And also, uh, check just another reminder. Please come see us live at Gen yes. Con yep. on Thursday, August first, starting at three p.m. Uh, and I can't believe that we're doing that. It is I'm completely insane. Terrified. Uh, please come and can't uh, wait. Watch. And also terrified. Yeah. I want to thank some space kitties. I want to thank Billy, T.G. Welch, Yin for Life, Patience is a Virtue, Naderade, and Jim Bob. I've got a play of the week here, if you're ready for it. Uh, yeah. This one is brought to us by Blue Pickle. Uh, and part of Blue Pickle's story here is reliant on the fact that they are playing with a split agenda a deck, uh, which means like some of them are earlier game agendas and some are later game agendas. Uh, so Blue Pickle says, Xcha managed to get a lot of people thinking that he was a good guy and managed to secure his slice and all his adjacent systems with PDS2 and Gilbert. That's what he decided to call his mothership. I could see the game turning on the favor of Extra being diplomatic and making a Sorrel our common neighbor to make moves on my slice, destroying most of our ships. At round seven, I was holding confusing legal text in my hand. 
Uh, while public execution is in the phase two agenda deck, I managed to talk to Necro in private to tell him my Machiavellian plan. I told him that I had confusing legal text, and I asked him that if the agenda, if if the public execution agenda appears, that he would say that I proposed him to shut down during the action phase of the Asarl's fleet, to shut down the Asarl's fleet. I said to Asarl the same thing about Necro. The whole idea was for the table turning against me to get everyone looking at me and making me seem how horrible, uh, uh, make me look as horrible as I could, and then also shutting down the X shot quite a lot. Uh, We made our way into round eight. This is a 14-point game. uh, With turn order, Asarl is the speaker at eight, Mentak at 10, Necro at eight, Sardak at 11, and finally X shot and I at 10. The first agenda came out, and it was mutiny. As the first to talk without any without having uh, that much influence, I passed while sending a text message to the Asarl, accept the next X-Cha deal. I then said to Sardak that if he was spending four votes against, he could help the Asarl get the opportunity to, to tie the vote against, making X-Cha unable to vote four and win a victory point. I don't know if the math checks out there. Anyways, uh, that's when Sardak did. Extra, thinking he still got control over Asarl, managed to be kind and offering him all kinds of promissory notes if he voted for him. Asarl, uh, tired from our eight-plus-hour game, was hesitant to say yes, then finally saw my text message and said okay to the Extra offer. Extra spent one vote for, and Asarl declined his offer, making Extra uh, lose a victory point. Everyone was so happy to see Extra lose Isarl's allegiance. We all cheered in joy, and even Extra was a bit impressed. Then the second agenda came up: public execution. I played a construction writer while Necro did his prediction on Extra. Sardak was the first to vote, with all the remaining votes going against me. Extra followed, and Isarl abstained. Then I finally got to pull my plan. I played confusing legal text and managed to get a brand new space sock while all the while shutting off X-Chaw's smiley, vindicative face. What a sweet day. Yay. So a perfectly hatched, confusing legal text plan for, for all the non-conners out there. From now on, Blue Pickle is is the anti-conner of for the For all the non-conners For all the non-conners. There, this is how you do it. <laughs> right there. Yeah, could we uh could we could you guys please load up our box with confusing legal text stories of you doing it correctly? Not that we're going to read them on the show, but we are just going to send them to Connor. To Connor. Yeah. So, yeah. we'll just email them to him uh all the time and he will ignore them, I'm sure. But <laughs> but we we still will. Yeah, and you know what? With that, I go to sleep. Good night. Good, good night. Good night. Good night. And and if you were listening to this while you were falling asleep, well, you're probably already asleep, actually. If you were listening to this as you were dozing off, you there's no way you're still otherwise you're maybe you're having some real trouble sleeping. In which case, I would recommend <laughs> for you there's a really good podcast called uh, Sleep With Me, where this guy, I forget his name, just he's just really boring. And he has a really boring sounding voice and he reads really dull stories that don't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, check that podcast out. It's very good. Uh, but you can also use this podcast to sleep. I don't mind. Um, I know. <laughs> I know that we give I, you permission to fall asleep to our dulcet uh, tones. Oh, for sure, for sure. If if we just if we just make you comfy and you like you know snuggling up in bed, you know, and just listening to to me and Matt chat about cardboard and plastic, plastic, plastic. I'm very tired. Um, <laughs> And we're losing I, him, folks. I, I'm gonna, I am. I'm going, gonna pull I'm his going plug to now, and Hunter's I'm, gonna power yeah. down. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>